Okay, we'll go now. I've got Sadie Tucker and Stanley Mulvaney here to talk about their recent trip in February. Um, where did you go in February, Stanley? Well, we went from uh, Chalky Sand to, to Deep Cove via, via Dusky and Wet Jacket Arm. And how long did that take you? We were out a month. Um, so we, we started in Bluff. Um, the flightless came down for refueling in Bluff and we joined it there. And they dropped us at Northport in, in Chalky. And um, our first camp was in Fisherman's Bay, which I'd previously visited in 2006. Um, so we had two days there. And then we paddled up Edwardson Sound. Um, we had a little bit of strife in Edwardson Sound when a strong northerly came up and separated the party, um, <laughs> which resulted in <laughs> Sally and myself having to bivouac in an awkward position um, in, the, in the bush. Um, and uh, in uh, just a one-person tent... Does he um, snore, Sally? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we had to lie on our sides because there wasn't that much room room in a one-person tent. <laughs> but it all worked out. The next day, the, uh, Gavin and Reese came back and we paddled up to uh, our campsite three kilometres further on. And then we had a two, two days in the rain there. So we eventually left in, in the rain eased off and paddled up to the Coralin Falls and then up Lake Cadman, Carrick and Purser. I might add in windy, wet conditions such that we got thoroughly drenched and then we reached the Oho and set up camp there for a few more days in the rain. So once that cleared, um, we decided to climb up towards the tops, up towards Lake Gumatex. Um, and uh, that, that went all right. We got up there, though, and it was a little bit disappointing in that the, it was a southerly and there was cloud drifting around, and it definitely wasn't swimming weather because I've been promising everyone that we'd go for a swim in the lake like I did on the previous trip, but, however, that didn't really happen. Um, so the next morning... It still looked a bit dodgy, the weather, so we decided to make a break for, for Fanny Bay. And then we picked up the Matt Briggs route uh, from 2019, which went down a spur uh, to Fanny Bay. And that went reasonably well, apart from the fact there was a bit of near vertical scrub <laughs> halfway down um, that was a little bit acerbic and gothic. Well, we sort of survived that. And we got down to uh, Fanny Bay and had to launch off some rocks in, in a strong um, westerly wind, which wasn't the easiest, but however, we did we manage it. And then we got blown out of control into Fanny Bay with, on this westerly. Um, so we sort of survived that. And we found the old hunter's campsite at the top of Fanny Bay and ensconced ourselves in there. Then the next morning, um, it looked a bit brighter, the weather, and a boat, the Surreal 2, arrived. And Gavin paddled out to them 
and under my prompting asked them if they were perchance going to Cascade Cove and if so if they care to give us a lift um, so they agreed they, they, they took us down to Cascade Cove and dropped us off there um, so we, we stayed there for a day at our old campsite from our 2006 trip and then the following day the flightless came and picked us up dropped us on Indian Island where we camped for, for, three, for three days. Uh, on, on Mamako Indian Island we, we went around most of the trap lines and rebated all the traps there. So following that the flightless picked us up and took us up to Supper Cove. Um, they were going there anyway to um, helicopter out their volunteers so we stopped at Supper Cove Hut for a night and then started up Henry Creek and over the saddle to Harry Creek. Um, thankfully we found Ken Tustin's rock baby on, on the saddle, just above the saddle. And that was fortuitous because everything is extremely wet up there. No moose though. Uh, no, I don't, we didn't really see any moose. Um, could he? Um, they could have been there though, but we didn't. We weren't fortunate enough to find any. So the following day, we carried on down Harry Creek, paddled across Moose Lake, found a nice track down, taking us down to Wet Jacket Arm. So we got there in the afternoon, and because it was pretty flat, we decided we'd best to cross Wet Jacket um, in these favourable conditions. So we. Mm paddled across and at the bottom of Shy Creek we found a good campsite in the bush there and, and camped there. Uh, the following day we uh, pushed on up Shy, Shy Creek and initially it was quite, quite difficult um, traversing the true left um, but at about a hundred metres we dropped down to the creek and picked up an old slip on the true left and that took us up quite a long way until we sidled off to the left back towards the creek. So following that the going was reasonably straightforward on deer trails and open forest until we got to the cataract issuing from Shy Lake. <laughs> then unfortunately we probably picked the wrong side, the true left of that creek which took us up to a vertical step um, and that involved um, a bit of groveling until we actually climbed up to Shy Lake. Uh, once we got to the lake, we paddled across to the other side. And from there, we made our way on dock trapping tracks up to the tops, where we spent two days in the rain and then carried on along the range uh, towards uh, Broughton Arm. So there is a track goes most of the way there, a trapping track, so we, we did pick that up and without any significant difficulty we reached Broughton Arm. And then the same day we carried on, we packed raft down the lower part of Broughton Arm and then up Vancouver Arm and camped near the top. So um, the, the following day we left our campsite atop Vancouver Arm. We went two kilometres up the, the valley and then turned right to the old slip coming down from the Jackery 
pass, um, although that is incorrectly marked on the map. And uh, relatively straightforward, except at 330 metres, we got diverted onto a, a near vertical face, which I named the Wall of Death. Um, so after some dramas on that, we retreated down a little bit and cut right and picked up a deer trail on a, on a spur with a lot of trees on it, which eventually took us up uh, to, to the uh, pass. From there, we picked up our old flagging tape from our trip last July and made our way down uh, the valley to the 500 metre contour level where we had our previous camp and we stayed the night there. The next day it was pretty straightforward all the way down to Hall's Arm and then paddled into Deep Cove. So in Deep Cove we, the following day we, we started doing our trap lines there and we did those in, in, in short order and then we, we headed out. And uh, Sally, what was it like spending a month with three smelly men? <laughs> Two oh, smelly <laughs> men. <laughs> Actually, Gavin won the preening award because he practically had to wash himself and his hair every night. So that was uh, quite funny. I think I only wash my hair twice in a month. So. What about on the flightless? They did that include that flightless? I didn't. I didn't she wash my hair, hair on the flightless. On the surreal. On the surreal. That's right. The surreal. And we went on to the surreal. Yeah. yeah. Um, Le, um, Lynn was. Lynn. There? Lynn. Had said to me, "Shh, do you want to have a shower? Don't tell the men." <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, but I'd love to wash my hair, so I snuck down and washed yeah. my hair, and they were green with envy. And uh, <laughs> well, you got some hair to wash, and like myself. <laughs> Would you do it again, Sally? Oh, yes. Yes. Is doing it again. <laughs> is, that, is that the longest trip you've ever done that's before? That's the longest trip um, I've ever spent in my tent, that's for sure. 28 nights, practically, in a row, in a tent. Is your tent still habitable? Yes. Clean, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yes, all clean. All the millions of sandflies that were killed in it. <laughs> all being cleaned, <laughs> sterilised. No, it was great. Home away from home. I loved it. And uh, how does it compare, being away for a month, compared to kind of the usual trips that you've done in the past a week or ten days or it's, two weeks? It's funny, when, when you think about it, you think, a month, gosh, how am I going to cope with it? But you just, you just do, you, you get in a mindset where you know it's going to be for a month, so you just accept that it's going to be every single day and that you're not going to be able to um, have a shower and clean yourself and have running water. And it was quite funny to get on the flight list the first time we saw a mirror. It was like, oh, <laughs> the first time we looked in a mirror for a month. And it was a bit of a fright. <laughs> but no, it's good. I would do it again. I enjoyed it. And uh, what was it like arriving in Deep Cove uh, with your phone and internet connection and blah, 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 blah? Uh. Was it... A relief to be able to contact the outside world, or did it feel invasive and uh, too much? Well, I, th I think Deep Cove was a nice slow reintroduction. Mm, right. It wasn't full on. Turn the TV on, and there's the news. You know, you could just pick and choose what you looked at on your phone. And um, but it was interesting to see that nothing had really improved in the world while we were away for a month. 
How, how hungry were you when you were at Deep Cove? Surprisingly not as hungry as I thought I would be. Did you like have any food cravings for... I only lost one kilo. You lost a kilo? That was it. Couldn't have been that hard a trip. Then. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, there was, there was a few rain events. We did probably That's move right. for a few days. We just sat there and just ate our same <laughs> yeah. high-calorie food yeah. and we weren't doing yeah. anything. We were just sleeping. Yeah. And, so. and did you enjoy it, Stanley? Absolutely. I, I was absolutely wonderful experience. Have you got another one of those uh, in you? Many you? more. Good. Many more planned. Good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Maybe... You need to talk about your conservation work, both of you. Are you uh, have you got anything you'd like to talk about? Well, all I can say about conservation is I thoroughly enjoy it, um, and not only that, it's it's uh, bringing results. I think seeing results is 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 very good. I think the big but thing why, about why do you do it? I mean, what is the point? Is it uh, well, because you enjoy it? Mm. Is it for biodiversity? Yes, I think essentially, though, it's about biodiversity. We are suffering, we are facing existential threats from loss of biodiversity um, in, in, in these times. And the world is more, more resilient the more biodiversity we have, yes, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. So we need as, to as David Attenborough says, we need to rewild the world and we need, to, we need to sustain biodiversity, we need to save biodiversity. And he's absolutely right. This is this is where it all this is where it all stands at the moment. So the moral of the story is volunteer and kill some possums and stoats and ferrets and Well, it's not so much that. I think life. it's a get involved and work at saving biodiversity because a lot of introduced mammals are not adding to biodiversity in New Zealand. They're actually destroying endemic species. Mm. So I think we a moral imperative is to do as much as we can to save our endangered species. I couldn't believe how quiet the sounds were. There's been like that them the forever. sounds of silence. Yeah. You paddle up and there's no birds. There's the odd seagull, but there's no flocks. Right. There's no noise. Keep the helicopters away from well, the Well, yes, we didn't <laughs> actually but have yeah. that problem too much. Is there, are there circumstances where a helicopter might be justified? Would you... Um, yes, I think there are. I, unfortunately, that's that's the way it is. It's access can be problematical um, in fjords and particularly in the western fjords. So we try to avoid using helicopters, but I can see situations where it will be unavoidable. Mm. It's a trade-off. It's a trade-off between using something that's invasive like that and and doing biodiversity work. Mm. Right trade-off like a lot of things in life there's a bit of a trade-off okay thank you very much for your wonderful story <laughs> i'll catch you next time thanks david